Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Witty Writer Show. It is a fantastic Monday, and I'm here with the amazing JP McLean. Hello, darling. Hello, hello. How are you? Oh, my gosh. I'm so stoked to have you on the show today because we've got a big celebration because it is the new release of your fantastic book, Bloodmark. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here and talk about Bloodmark and talk with oh. you. Oh my gosh, I've been so excited. And I can see you've got Bloodmark in the background right there. It is absolutely stunning. Could we possibly have a close-up look of your beauty? You could have a close-up look. Look at that. Oh, I've got to tell you, Joanne, the cover is stunning. Thank you. The cover is done by a company called JD&J Designs. And they're in the States and they have done all my covers for me and they are very talented folks there. Wow. Do you know, I'm not surprised they've done all your covers because when I first looked into you in your books, they just jumped out from the page, from, from literally from the screen. They are all stunning. Thank they you. They really, really are. We've got people popping up and, say, and saying hello already. So hello, everybody. Um, if you've got a question for Joanne, then please put them in the comments or you just want to say hello pop them in the comments. It'd be lovely to see you. We've got Josephine straight in there, like a rat up at drain pipe, as, as they say in England. Um, Hi, Josephine. She, she says, hello, ladies. Hello, my darling. She's based in the UK, so it's a bit bit, uh, bit late for her. Late. I know, but she's amazing. She stays, she stays up for it. She's awesome. <laughs> Bless her. So what an adventure you've been having, Joanne. I mean, oh, my gosh. Um, you've got eight books out now with Bloodmark. The reviews are absolutely phenomenal. I, I was looking at this week's ratings and everything. Um, and on Amazon, your reviews for Bloodmark are 4.7 out of 5, which is spectacular. Excellent. Honestly, I was so impressed. I really was. And your other books, which are part of The Gift Legacy, um, on Goodreads, I mean, they're 4.5 and above. Thank it, you. Yes, they're well received. They are. Spectacular. I tell you, no wonder you're popular. Oh, we've got lots more people popping up as well. So let's just pop them on the screen. Uh, my mum has joined us. I'm my biggest fan. Hello, mum. She says, Hi, she's from the UK. Oh, I love her. My hero. She is awesome. Ooh. We've also got Heather who's joined us. She says, hello to you both from Gemma and I. Um, now, Joanne, you might want to check out Heather's group because she's got the book club hosted by Heather Skinner and it's fantastic book club and they actually choose books to read and review every single month. Um, absolutely brilliant. And she does videos on a weekly basis to talk about all the different chapters and everything. So you definitely want to look into that because it's fantastic. I will check you out, Heather. We've also got James who's just joined us. Hello, James. Hello, he's, James. He says, good afternoon, ladies. He was last last show's winner for a free book. So congratulations again, my darling. And we've also got um, Anadina. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. It's a beautiful name. And she says, hello from Texas. Hello. She's awesome. Look at that. Oh, and Josephine says, I shared lots. LOL. She's awesome. Look at that. She rocks. She really does. And Heather says, oh, thank you, ladies. Oh, love you millions, Heather. So I want to get back to the beginning because for you, reading with your father was was the start of it, wasn't it? That was the beginning. 
I, I was so scared too, because I didn't know if I would know the bigger words and he would make me, he'd for, cause I was shy and he would make me say them out loud in each syllable. And then he'd get frustrated if I got it wrong, like elephant, if I couldn't get elephant. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the thing is when you're little, you, most kids have trouble with particular words. Yeah, like, PH. How do you get F out of that? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I've got four children and they all of them struggled with specific words. But I think reading with your parents is such an important part, isn't it, of of, of building you up as a reader and, and possibly a writer later on in life. It really does ignite your yeah. passion. So what sort of books did you start off reading as a child with your dad? Mostly picture books with my with my dad, because that's when I was sitting on his lap. So I was pretty little and I, I would have a big book and they would have just a few words at the bottom, mostly pictures. So that's what I I, used, I remember going to the library with my mother and coming out with as many books as I could carry the big ones with all the pretty pictures in them. And then oh. my dad would say, well, you can't just look at the pictures. You have to read them. So because I would just sit there and flip through the pictures and he would sit me down and say, no, no, you've got to read them. And that that's why we got to the. Um, to the underscoring, but my mom and dad were, were readers. They are still readers. They read all the time. Every one of them has, each of them have a book going at any time. And when we were kids, we weren't so much um, into reading at that time when we were kids, but I do remember my grandmother giving me the book called Heidi. And I remember it was my first, do you remember? It was the first non-picture book that I read. And when I finished reading that, I swore I would never read again because I bawled my eyes out. I cried so hard, broke my heart. I thought if this is what adult big girl books are like, then I don't want to read them anymore. Oh, <laughs> so I got over it. I got over that. Oh my gosh, that is so sweet. Are you Viewers, you'll have to let us know what your favorite children's book was. Um, I must admit, when I was young, I was big into The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and you know, anything by C.S. Lewis. And oh, I used, I was into fantasy from a very, very young age. It was a real escape for me. I absolutely yeah. loved it. But what sparked you into the supernatural and the ghostly and the occult? And the well, I guess. The first, the first book I recall reading that really sparked my interest was uh, John Wyndham's *The Chrysalids*. It's, like oh. it's a, it's a dystopian uh, future society, and their uh, society's cleaning the gene pool, and anyone who is a little bit different is is killed off so that they can um, purify the gene pool. And there's these kids that can uh, communicate tele telepa telepathically. And of course, the adults don't know that these kids have this ability. And because they're hiding it, they know if anyone finds out, they'll be killed. So they hide it until this one young girl comes along that has it so strong that she's knocking everybody out of the park with it. And they can't hide it when she's screaming at them telepathically. So I thought that was fairly significant in my imagination. It really got me going about the possibilities and... Um, and then after that, I just started reading a lot of supernatural books. I, I um, particularly when the first person narrative started coming in, like the Charlene Harris's True Blood series and um, a lot of the paranormal, um, I'm just trying to come up with names, Deborah Harkness's books, the All Souls trilogy books, all that first person narrative. I thought, I think I can do this. I'm interested to try anyway. 
but prior to that, I was thinking it, I probably would never be able to write. I wouldn't have an idea big enough and I didn't have the skill to do it. But when I started reading those first person narratives, I thought, I think I can do this. Do, do you know what? It's, it's strange, isn't it? Because a lot of a lot of authors actually struggle doing a first person. Oh, God, my math is not working today, honestly. Um, first person point of view, shall we say, so I don't cock up again. Um, but it's not always that easy, but it's fantastic that you've just found your niche and your voice. Was you surprised, um, you know, how well it flowed with your first book? Oh, super. No one was more surprised than me that a book popped out at the end of it. I, I was, <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. I started off just, I just thought I'd play with a scene. So I wrote one scene and it's a scene based on, I have a recurring dream of flying and that like where I can fly and um and I'm I'm not I'm not alone there's a lot of people that have that particular dream and I just thought well I'll just try that I'll start with that one scene and it took me a while to get it to the point where I thought it was acceptable and then I thought wait a second like nobody just jumps off the deck and soars into the air and flies like she must know she could fly and if she knows she can fly like how did she get that particular ability and was it given to her? Did, was she born with it? Are there others like her? How did she learn to fly? Um, does she have enemies? Like, what's it like? So I just kind of built the story out very organically, which is why I think it was such a big surprise, because all of a sudden I had this book and I thought, now what do I do? <laughs> so then I went down that path. What do I do? And then as I was thinking, I had a one-off book and I started putting the one-off book out I thought oh wait a second I, I'm going to keep writing because I miss the characters and I miss the story so I kept writing and then all of a sudden it was oh, okay well I definitely have two books here probably three so I started calling it a trilogy no <laughs> four books five books six books seven books so the new book is not going to be a set number it's just a series and I know there will be more books I don't know how many, and I'm not going to guess. No, do you know what? I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Because it's amazing, isn't it? Your characters just sort of come to life on their own. And, you know, just when you think you're finished, one of your characters will say, uh, no, um, I've got something to say. Uh, you just never know where it's going to lead, do you? But I think it's fantastic that you've trusted yourself to just, you know, go with the stories and, and keep producing the books because your characters still have, so much more to say and do. Um, so I'm super excited for you because the Gift Legacy series that you've done, the reviews are just tremendous. Um, oh. They really are, honestly. And you've obviously got a very loyal fan base as well. So I know Bloodmark is going to be just as loved as all your other books. It's, it's just absolutely brilliant. A um, couple of comments. We're just going to pop them on. There we go. Um, and Adina says, you did, thank you, uh, taking a break from, from Nano. Oh, bless her. I, do you know, I'm proud of you for actually doing it because it's it's awesome. It is absolutely awesome. It's amazing how many people actually achieve yeah. their books through doing the Nano. Mm -hmm. it's, it's absolutely awesome. So well done. Uh, James says, oh, yeah, Ellie Fant. <laughs> we went to the prom together. <laughs> I love that. Do you know, I've got to say just quickly, one of my friends, friends, they've got um, two boys and their eldest boy, he used to say Coca-Cola, 
Coco Clo-Clo. That's how you used to say it. See, I can get that right. Um, and it was so cute. He used to come up to me. You say, Auntie Bethy, can I have a Coco Clo-Clo? I said, pardon? Only because only I wanted to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> it was so sweet. It was so sweet. It was gorgeous. Now, one of the reasons why I, I absolutely love your books, Joanne, is because you are a great believer in what if. As you just said, you know, what if this was to happen? What if this was possible? Do you find now that you've, you know, you've written eight amazing novels? Do you find that on a regular basis you think, oh, what if this happened? Or what if this person did this? <laughs> oh, I just saw in the paper the other day, and I get a lot of my ideas from the paper, um, a, a, an old iron sword has just been found under the sea and there's a picture of the man holding the iron sword and it's a really old one it's considerably heavier than what a sword would be today and so i thought wow who owned that sword who wielded that sword how did it end up in the ocean yeah like the what if again that's a great question to ask yourself when any of these things come up the easter island heads when they discovered there were bodies underneath those heads yeah on island wow yeah. funny? i actually watched the documentary on those and it was amazing because they were talking about walking giants they have these legends of walking giants and i watched this documentary and it turns out the walking giants were the easter island heads because where there was completely stone that the only way to actually move them was to wrap them with ropes have people literally on two ends and literally walk the stone statues across the land to get to where they needed to go. That blew my mind. Honestly, it blew my mind. I've actually made notes for a book with all about that. So I, you never exactly. know. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it is like the ideas, when you get them, they do kind of hit you like a boulder. Yeah. <laughs> Not like a walking stone, like a flying stone. And then, and I, I keep, notes of ideas much like you probably do you know and i when i was first writing i i was i was very stingy with my ideas because i thought i'd run out of ideas so i just was like okay this book can have that idea and this book can have that idea. you know it's really stingy but then what i realized is the more i wrote the more these ideas would come at me and the more i would um, let my imagination soar into the the newscasts and the magazine covers and conversations I heard in, in uh, coffee shops and lineups and grocery stores. And, and I, and I, I realized that the imagination is just like a muscle and the more I used it, the better it worked. So I don't have that book of ideas anymore. Everything I have gets thrown into the book I'm writing. Cause I know more ideas are going to come. I've got to tell you, that's the best way to do it, because as you said, it's just never ending. I think it's one of those things, isn't it? Once you start writing and being creative, you, it's just constant. It really is. Sometimes it's it's tough just to keep up with it all. <laughs> My husband thinks it's frightening. Oh, really? <laughs> like, where is this coming from? Where did you get that idea? <laughs> I've got to tell you, there was recently I was literally sat down with my husband and I was working on a on book cover ideas for one, for one of my clients. And, um, and and I'm there on Google, I'm going, strangulation. 
garrot. I don't know, I'm researching all this stuff. And my husband's looking at me really frightened, like, mm, I think I need to behave. <laughs> yeah. now, where did the inspiration come from for Blood Mark? It started with a TV show called Blind Spot. And the opening scene for that TV production was a woman um, had been stuffed into a duffel bag and dropped into Times Square and the authorities thought it was a bomb. So they sent a fellow all dressed in bomb gear to unzip the bag. And when they unzip this bag, this woman unfolds herself and she's tattooed solidly from the neck down with very intricate tattoos. And she doesn't know who she is, where she got the marks from, when she got the marks, what the marks mean. She's completely unaware of it. And I thought that was very intriguing, that whole idea. So um, that's where it started. And then all kinds of other ideas filtered in. You know, I, I love the idea that you and I are only here in this moment in time because a number of hundreds and hundreds of other events occurred to bring us together at this point in time. And if one of those events altered, you and I might not be here. I might be here with somebody else. You might be here with somebody else. We'd be in different rooms, perhaps. We'd be in different circumstances. Maybe I wouldn't be a writer. Maybe you wouldn't be a writer or illustrator. So I was very intrigued about if you were to have a uh, an experience where you went back in the past and just changed one thing, even accidentally, how does that impact the future? And I, that's another item that's in the book. It's another idea I had that I thought, oh, this, this is going to be fun to play with. Do you know what? I thought so intriguing and our viewers will have to let us know if they've had the similar experience, but there have been moments in my life, as I'm sure you, same as in your life, where, as you said, things have happened and then you've ended up meeting, you know, a certain person that's changed your life dramatically or, you know, it's led you to a career path, as you said, you know, meeting my husband, I mean, was so random. There were so many things that played into me actually meeting my husband. And now we've been together for over 30 years. So it, it's really intriguing, as you said, just one missing element, and it might yeah. not have occurred. That blows my mind. Well, after our viewers, if you've had a situation like that where it, it felt like fate, where things lined up so something happened or you met somebody, let us know because that is super intriguing. So that's quite a, a, is that quite a big element of blood mark? It is. It is a big element. It doesn't, it starts off like it's all connected to her dreams. So when she's a kid, she dreams and it's black and white. She doesn't hear any voices. And as she gets older, and this book starts when she's 25. So this is all a backstory that's threaded throughout. But as she gets older, the dreams become more vivid and more uh, tangible. So she can start to feel the temperature in the room that she's visiting and she can she can hear start to hear people. And she becomes aware of the fact that she's wearing what she went to bed wearing when she's in these dreams. So they become more and more intense until, um, until an accident happens and she realizes just how real those dreams are. Oh my gosh, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> oh good, oh good. Oh my gosh. Do you know, it's funny, isn't it? How dreams um, are, 
they really are a window to our souls and brains, aren't they? They really, really are, because um, I've always been fascinated with dreams anyway, because I think that, you know, if you're feeling something that you're not aware of, nine times out of ten, it will manifest in a dream. Um, and, um, and sometimes I think deja vu can be very sort of tied in with your dreams as well, because I've dreamt things and then years have gone by and then something happened. I think I dreamt about this and I get the real sense of deja vu and it literally puts a chill down my spine. <laughs> I love those moments. I, I think they are so fascinating because we don't know what the answer to those those we, we don't know if they're real no one can tell you uh oh that's just a you know figment of your imagination or whatever you know in your heart when something like that happens it's like when you feel that chill and you think somebody is in the room maybe yeah. nobody is in the room but you know there's a there's a part of us i and i often think about the children that before they before they become aware that it's uh you know, taboo to think and talk like that that they probably have experiences. It'd be nice to tap into what those experiences could be or are. And that's, again, I think of that and I think, wow, there's another idea for the future for me to think about in terms of a book idea. Like there's a little girl and she's experiencing things. It actually sounds like it's already been written, but all stories have already been written anyway. So you just kind of try to find a new twist on it. So again. Exactly. Well, there's that old saying, isn't it? Most stories have been written, but not by you. I like that. I go. like that a lot. <laughs> right. So, um, oh, Anne-Marie says that is so true. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Anadina says, if I had chosen a different time for my algebra class in college, I would have never met my husband. He was the first friend I made on my first day of school. Then we found out our family knew each other. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Our grandmothers were friends in grade school and our aunts were best friends as well. Oh, my gosh. How many coincidences are there? Wow. That is amazing. That Talk about fate. Mm -hmm. that, that is spectacular. That is absolutely spectacular. Oh, oh I just God. think about if you missed the bus that day or if you had been sick that day. Exactly. And the fact that, you know, there's so many connections there between mm -hmm. the families that's absolutely mind-blowing oh my gosh i'll tell you this conversation keeps giving me chills it's amazing but in a good way <laughs> <laughs> now i've got to say you're a bit of a traveler joanne you've been here there and everywhere um you've lived in a few different places plus you've you've you know you've traveled as well do you find that your traveling experience and the places that you've lived have helped inspire your books or given you material for your books? Yeah, I think the one of the big things that travel has done for me is make me aware of the different cultures that are already around me that I may not know intimately myself, but are out there. So when I'm writing, I make sure that I'm looking at different uh, people to put in my books to surround myself with the other characters in the book so I'm all um, this particular book Bloodmark. I decided to explore some Peruvian culture and some Inca culture so I was um, looking up Peruvian names first names last names girls names boys names I wanted to make sure that the people in the story reflected the people that live here so I did the same in the last books that I know we have a 
a very big Chinese population here. So I was making sure I had some Chinese characters in the book. And not that I, you know, know what their culture necessarily is, but I want to make sure their, their faces and their, um, their nationalities are represented in the book. But I also think that traveling does give you a better sense, a broader sense of what life is like for other people so that you can include a little more than just your own little narrow perspective in books so it's definitely helped for sure uh, do you know it's, it's amazing isn't it i think the more more you can travel the more it enriches your own life because it really does give you a different perspective doesn't it of you know mm. different areas different towns the different dynamics and as you said the different people i think it's fantastic that you include you know different cultures in your books because you know all our cultures are merging uh, you know, uh, and I think it's important to sort of represent that. I think that's absolutely amazing. Now, I've got to say, when I was researching you, Joanne, um, I discovered that you had a very cute nickname when you was young. <laughs> I know you're giggling, and I'm giggling because I had the most awful nickname when I was little. So yours was Superbone. One of them, yes. My no. grandfather was... And he'd sing this song. He'd sing, soup bone, soup bone, where you been? In the pot and out again. And he, every time. It's like, stop that. <laughs> nope. So it was probably, <laughs> yeah. Well, he made it up. I mean, he made that up. And then he would, I was, I was skinny mini when I was little, because skinny. It's probably why I do supernatural people now, because they can just, you know, pow with their eyeballs or something. But yeah, so I was skinny mini growing up and then that got boring. So then I became min and then that wore off. And then he just called me skin. <laughs> I was giggling because when I was young and I was little, I um, I, I don't know whether they get it here. I haven't seen it, I must admit. Um, but in the UK, you can get this, um, it's like a relish and it's called piccalilli. Oh. And it's a yellow mustardy type base. I know what you're talking about. Okay, so when I was young, apparently my my grandma, my, my nan, um, she had seven boys and one girl. So she used to get like the big, big jars of this piccalilli for all my uncle's sandwiches and, and everything else. Well, apparently I got into it one day and I literally was covered head to foot in this stinky relish stuff. So from that day forward, I was called piccalilli. <laughs> it was fine when I was little. But when you introduce your, you know, your new husband to your, your nan and she says, oh, hello, Piccalilli, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> it's hard to get away from the nicknames, really hard. <laughs> so I had a little chuckle because I, my nickname, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just call me Pick for short. <laughs> I know, right. So we'll have to find out whether our viewers have got any funny nicknames from when they were young. Um, okay. Anadina says, um, fate, with regards to fate and everything, it really was, it really was fate. We celebrate nine years of marriage tomorrow. Congratulations. Oh, congratulations. That is fabulous news. It was obviously, obviously well meant to be. That meant is to be. It was fated. Yes, absolutely. So what are your, what are your um, dreams for the future? Are you, you going to stick with the supernatural, the urban fantasy and thrillers, or are you thinking, oh, should I have a go at something else? I have still got so much supernatural that's clawing out of me. I, I, 
definitely going to stick with the supernatural for now anyway. But I was also, ha I had a discussion this morning that kind of got me interested in investigating screenwriting because mm -hmm. I've, I've had so many reviewers say these would make great TV shows or films. And I don't have the skill right now to do that. And I know everybody thinks that about their books. But I would like to try my hand. If I was going to try something new, that's what I would try. I would try to turn perhaps either Bloodmark or the first book in the other series into a screenplay just to see if that had any potential. Do you know what? I think you should. Honestly, Joanne, because I... I'm in the same boat as you. I think when you when you get so many reviews and so many people saying this needs to be a TV or movie, I think you need to pay attention. Do you know what I mean? I Because people don't generally say those things unless they absolutely mean it. So, yes, you should go for it. I think I'm going to try. I mean, I, I have looked into it before. And I did download some software just to try to figure out, because it's very specific the way it's done. It's very, very particular. And the number of lines per page and the size of the page and the size of the margins and double space this and triple space this. And um, so, yeah, I think it would be a challenge that I, I am probably ready for. But I can't, it can't take up my creative time with my writing. That's the only thing. Yeah. So I, right now I kind of split my time between writing and the marketing part of it. So I would have to maybe cut both of those back a little bit to make room for the screenwriting because that's going to be a big learning curve, I think. Yeah. 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 Oh, definitely. definitely. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. Oh, oh. There was a bit of an echo. That is weird. Can you hear it? I did hear it, but it's gone now. <laughs> that was a little bit spooky right then. <laughs> that was your shadow self. <laughs> That was, it's my doppelganger creeping up on me somewhere. Um, yeah, it's definitely a real skill set to, to screenwriting, I have to say. And I've known a couple of people who, who've done it professionally. It's not easy. What interested me about the sc screenwriting was that a certain amount of pages <clears throat> equate to a certain time period. Mm -hmm. And that is key because obviously this is why movies and, um, you know, TV shows are reduced from the original books because you, you, the time you read doesn't equate to the time yeah. on a movie. Um, so it was absolutely, that fascinated me, but I definitely think you should look into it. And, and maybe you should reach out to, you know, people in the business on LinkedIn and places like that, because if they like your book and read it, they might do it all for you. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> You just never know. You never know. Um, <clears throat> we got some more comments. Um, Josephine says, happy anniversary to Enadina. Oh, she is so lovely. And um, Anne-Marie says, <clears throat> very interesting idea. Um, do you know what? I, I, I'm really excited for you because if your reviews are anything to go by, I am sure you're going to get picked up by somebody who wants to bring your books to life because why wouldn't they you know to, to have reviews of 4.5 and 4.7 and above is just absolutely phenomenal um and uh, do you know what I know, I've seen a lot of book trailers really piquing the interest of people in the tv business and in the movie business because they've got something visual to see and and really get them excited about so I'm super excited for you, Joan. I'm really, really. Can you 
Can you hold up your book again for us to have a close-up? Because it is absolutely beautiful. Look at that. And just so our viewers know, you've actually got the chance of winning this stunning book. Um, yeah. And if you want to enter, all you have to do to win this book direct from Joanne um, is to share this interview. You can share it literally on Facebook, YouTube, um, or the podcast, wherever you want. Just make sure you tag me so I can see that you've shared and you will be entered to win a beautiful copy of Bloodmark. I'm so excited. It's absolutely <laughs> awesome. I, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. Now, I've got to say, did you base your main character on, on anything in particular or any person in particular, or was she just completely fictional? She was completely fictional, but there's one thing that she wasn't fictional about. Um, but mostly what I wanted to do is make sure that she didn't overlap with my other characters. That was my, my main thing. I did want to make sure that I was creating something brand new and fresh from my other series. So she's the opposite of her in many regards, <coughs> visually opposite. And she's, um, you know, comes from poor side of town. She's an orphan, all, all things that are different. The one thing that, that <laughs> the little tiny trait that I gave her that is mine, I tend to give my characters little traits of mine. This one got um, my neat Nick tendencies so she's annoying in that sense because i had i wanted her to have something that was uh different than her roommate who is her best fierce friend um and her first friend is sloppy girl and she's uh jane is the neat one and so that's that's one of my tendencies my sister-in-law teases me that we don't have a junk drawer in our kitchen because everything's got a place everything's got its own drawer <laughs> I'm a bit like that. You're not a Virgo, are you? <laughs> Taurus. <laughs> Honestly, I, do you know what? I, I That's a funny thing because we've all got that one drawer, haven't we? Everyone. Everyone has that one drawer that everything goes in. It drives me insane. And I'm like you. I, I like to have everything in order, but the rest of my kids and stuff, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard when you've got kids. It's actually hard when you have pets. Pets taught me not to be quite so ridiculous about you know making sure that there were no marks on the floor and walls and stuff you know the dog comes in and shakes and there's stuff <laughs> you don't even know where it came from but it's funny looking and stuck to the wall <laughs> so i'm much better since i've had dogs it's that saying is it never work with animals and children because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't always work out how you think it's going to work out <clears throat> i am just going to read the blurb for your fantastic book, Bloodmark, because it is so intriguing, honestly. So I'm just going to read it out for everyone. And, and you can find all of Joanne's links attached to this interview. So you can go straight to all of her books and buy them because they're fantastic. The reviews are amazing. And do make sure when you've read Joanne's books that you do leave a review because they mean the world to us authors and they really help us a great deal. So, so, Please do that. Okay, are you ready? This is the blurb for Bloodmark. What if your lifelong curse is the only thing keeping you alive? Abandoned at birth, life has always been a battle for Jane Walker. She and her best friend Sadie spent years fighting to survive Vancouver's cutthroat underbelly. That would have been tough enough without Jane's mysterious afflictions. 
an intricate pattern of blood-red birthmarks that snake around her body and vivid, heart-wrenching nightmares that feel so real she wakes up screaming. After she meets the first man who isn't repulsed by her birthmarks, Jane thinks she might finally have a chance at happiness. Her belief seems confirmed as the birthmarks she spent her life so ashamed of magically begin to disappear. Yet, the quicker her scarlet marks vanish, the more lucid and disturbing Jane's nightmares become until it's impossible to discern her dreams from reality and Jane comes to a horrifying realisation. The nightmares that have plagued her since childhood are actually visions of real people being stalked by a deadly killer. And all this time, her birthmarks have been the only things protecting her from becoming his next victim. I swear to you, it gives me chills. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, do you know what? That blurb is fantastic. Honestly, I am so, so excited about your book. And, and, Oh my gosh! If nobody if if nobody picks it up for a TV series or movie deal, they must be mad. <laughs> From your lips, <laughs> I know, I know. It's absolutely amazing. It really, really is. Um, I love it said with your accent too. I must say, red in your accent makes it even better. <laughs> I keep getting messages. People asking me if I'm going to do audio books and can I do them myself. And I'm, I'm like, oh, should I, shouldn't I? You could. You absolutely could. You never know. You never know. Oh, um, let's have a look. Oh, there we go. So Joanne has just joined us from the UK as well. She says, hi, Beth and Joanne. Just shared with our public over here in England. Oh, she's Thank so you. fantastic. It really is. And uh, Bonnie's joined us and she says, great blurb. Thanks, it really is. It's so intriguing. I don't know about you, Joanne, but sometimes I think the writing the blurb and the sales hook for our books is actually worse and harder than actually writing the book itself. Oh, I, I can't do it by myself. I absolutely can't do it by myself. I, I have a really hard time even finding the hook. I, I think I know what it is, but I end up focusing on the wrong thing. And I, it takes it takes the village to do the blurb for sure. <laughs> Do you know, it's weird because I, I struggle to do my own. But when I'm doing them for my clients, I don't have no trouble at all. I, I suppose it's because I'm not sort of emotionally attached to the books, you know, like you are with your own. And when it's, when it's your own, you just want to include all the really good stuff. Knowing that you have to try and condense it down, but you're like, well, what do I what do I leave out? <laughs> so it's like you can't see the typos in your own book. You can't. You have to have somebody else or many people read it because you just cannot find those things by yourself. You have to hire the people that can find them for you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It is absolutely crazy. Now I've got to ask you because obviously your character has these, you know, dreams and visions and everything. And you mentioned that you've had a reoccurring dream of flying, which ironically I used to have when I was young. Um, but do you actually feel like you've ever had a vision? You know, something so real and you think, oh God, you know, is that is that gonna happen? Or, you know, is oh. that premonition? Yeah, and they're scary because some of the things that I've seen are are awful. I guess that's why she's having these awful dreams. But I talk about a, a dream hangover. Um, and 
for me, that is when I've had an intense dream and I wake up and there's a period of time, very brief period of time when you're still attached emotionally to the dream. It's almost like you're still there convincing yourself that it wasn't really true, but was it true? But was it a dream? Was it really a dream? Maybe it wasn't a dream. That little tiny period of time where you're a little bit confused when you wake up, you know, where you're still mad at your husband for something he did in your dream. <laughs> and it may take a while till you're not mad at him anymore. <laughs> so what did I do? Oh, you know what you did. <laughs> yeah, I think so many of us have been there. <laughs> I'm sure many husbands oh, yeah. have been there too, to be honest with you. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. It's funny because when I was when I was in the high school, I had this really weird dream. And I literally dreamt that I went to school, did a full day of all my classes, walked home, did my homework, had dinner, went and did my part-time job of an evening, came home, went to bed. And and it was like Groundhog Day, right? I did like two or three days of, of normal life. By the time I actually woke up, I swear to you, Joanne, I literally did not know whether I was still asleep or awake. And I was, you know, saying to my friend, can you pinch me? Because I'm really, I'm, it was so real. It took and me. Were you exhausted I, too? I was. I was. It literally, I, I because I, I didn't know whether to go to sleep or whether I was awake or whether I was still dreaming. It was awful. Oh, I've had dreams of saying like you wake up and you've been so busy that you feel tired because you've been so busy <laughs> in your dreams. You're doing stuff, you know, cleaning the house or working or whatever. But absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now, if you could be one of the characters in your book, in Bloodmark, who would you prefer to be? Oh, I would want to be Jane. I would want to be Jane. Yeah, she's got she gets to do some pretty cool things. And she is fierce. She fights, you know, she grew up as an orphan in group homes. So she's grew up in a tough environment with a mark on her face that other people bullied her for and ostracized her for. So she grows up tough and she knows how to use a knife and she's not afraid to use it. So, and she drives a motorcycle. So she's really cool. So yeah, I want to be her. <laughs> when I grow up, can I please be her? <laughs> yes. She sounds like a real badass. Do you know, it might be interesting for you next year to dress up as Halloween as Jane. I, I've, I've got that uh, mark, so I could probably, you know, the designer designed that mark, so I, I could, yeah, like, just stick it on my face and go as Jane. <gasps> Wouldn't that be fun, like, five years from now, if people come to your door dressed as your characters from your book? <gasps> I know, right? That is one of my dreams. I want one of my, I want, literally, I want somebody turning up at my door as an earth angel, like an alien yeah. angel. That would, literally, that would be my dream. That would make my day. <laughs> I'm sure other people, other authors have felt exactly the same way. I think it's so I cool. I just now thought that. You just made me think that. I had never thought it before. It's just like, wow. Oh, my goodness. Joanne, do you know what? You are an absolute pleasure to chat to. You really are absolutely fabulous. Your books are just amazing. Um, if you could just hold up Blood Mark again, because I just want to <laughs> remind everybody, because you could... Viewers, you've got win. winning this beautiful book, Bloodmark. All you have to do is share this interview on any of my platforms, tagging me, um, and you will get entered into winning this fantastic, fantastic book. Um, we are doing the giveaway for UK, Canada, US, and Australia. Um, unfortunately, and I know this 
personally as well, it is too expensive to send to any other country, unfortunately, because the postage is just ridiculous. Um, but if you are in the UK, Canada, US and Australia, you've got chance to win this fantastic book, Bloodmark, um, and just share it. The more times you share, the more entries you get. So you can actually share on any book, grub, um, book clubs, book groups, and anywhere else you would like to. Um, this is being streamed live from Facebook and YouTube. So don't forget to subscribe, share and like. And um, thank you so much, Joanne, for being such a fabulous guest on the oh, show. You're absolutely thank amazing. You. Thanks uh, to you. You've been a ball. Oh, you're just amazing. And I hope you come back when you when you do your next release. All right. Which I know your readers are anticipating because they're already stuck into <laughs> Bloodmark. Um, but thank you so much, my darling. And uh, hopefully we will have you back on the show again soon. Um, everybody, join us next Monday for the Witty Writers Show where we've got three guests. Oh, there we go, three guests. And we're going to be talking steampunk and uh, murder and thrilling stuff. Mm -hmm. So we'll see you next Monday for the Witty Writers Show. So bye for now, everybody. And thank you again, Joanne. Bye now. Bye.